0: This is episode 153 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 153 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Chris Herlin on the show, and Chris is a cash-focused investor who cut his path in Ontario and has recently moved out to British Columbia. On this podcast, we talk about Chris's investing strategy in both St. Thomas and Stratford, Ontario. He's done wholesaling he's done construction and flips as well as his own uh, burrs which has allowed him to develop the cash flowing portfolio that he now has which has allowed him to be completely self-employed and running in real estate full-time so chris is an interesting guy we got into some of the entrepreneurial activities he's up to right now in addition to what he's done in real estate. And I'm confident you're going to enjoy this episode. Just before we jump into it, if you could just kindly take a moment to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you're watching on YouTube, if you wouldn't mind hitting the like, subscribe and notification bell, it'd be greatly appreciated just to help more people find the show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into episode 153 with Chris Herlin. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Chris Herlin on the show and he's going to tell us all about what he's up to. Chris, thanks for being here.
1: Hey, thank you for having me here, Andrew. It's a pleasure being here with you tonight.
0: Yeah, well, um, so Corey McKinnon mentioned that uh, you, were, you were a guy to have on the podcast, that you're doing big things, but I don't know your story. And um, I know you sent me some numbers that we're going to go over here later on. But uh, why don't you just tell me, tell me about your story in real estate? Where would you start? What are you up to now?
1: Yeah, so my story started uh, in Canada in 2013 when I moved to Canada. Um, so I'm originally from Brazil. Came with zero money, zero friends, zero family, and um, really started a brand new life um, after living my whole life in Brazil. And I came here for work. I was not a real estate guy. Didn't know anything about real estate in Canada. And um, basically came here as an engineer, um, mechanical engineer. Used to work for automotive companies and um uh, met my wife the same year in 2013 and um it turns out that her family and my family were very similar interests in real estate so mm-hmm. my parents were always real estate investors in brazil her parents are real estate investors in canada and um, our basically that passion came came together right like and we both started investing real estate together so uh our portfolios start growing really slowly at the beginning so since 2014 we're like you know just nine to five workers just you know like saving some money buying one property here one property there and then start learning the power of like equity and cash flow start pulling equity from comp uh, from from um the properties that we had and then buying more properties it turns out that it came 2017. Uh, we bought our fourth property and uh, our mortgage broker said, Chris, don't come here anymore. It's over. like you're, you're, you're capped Four properties. Mm-hmm. Here is the maximum. And uh, so like, we basically like gave up. Like we, that's what we knew, right? Our mortgage broker was the one and all information we had. And, um, so we continue, you know, saving money and making cash flow. And we love the cash flow of real estate. And um in 2020, beginning of 2020, I started like really questioning a lot of things, right? Like, I started watching videos on the internet and really getting to know like bigger real estate icons in Canada and seeing they were like hundred properties a thousand units, and it was like how how are this how are all these other guys doing this and I've been told that four was my maximum so then that's when I started joining um masterminds and um doing uh, boot camps and meeting people getting involved in the in the community and that's when I started like really learning um the realities right removing those um uh limited by limited, um, limited mindset, right? Like the limiting beliefs that we had, uh, that they don't exist really. Like, actually you can actually have more properties if you use the right, the right, like more creative ways in real estate. And, uh, it turns out that that same month in February, 2020, uh, I added nine more units to the, my portfolio in one month.
0: <laughs> how? Like, how? <laughs> uh,
1: so power of like uh, using more equity, um, really going towards a uh, more creative way. So I have more JV partners. Um, so we bought three multifamily homes that added nine, 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 nine uh, total units, mm-hmm. more than doubled what I had, right? Like in one month. And I was like, whoa, like that's possible, right? So it's just the creative ways, right? Like we use VTBs, um, JV partnerships, uh, actually two of the other properties, um, because I bought at very highly discounted prices because I was buying off market. Mm -hmm. The banks were looking at them like huge equity on it. So actually I got two more properties with banks, which totaled six properties um, buying for traditional banks, which is not common to see, but yeah, it's, it's possible too. So, um, definitely, um, that, uh, that change in mindset really, um, was, a, really the start of my career in real estate, to be honest. Um, especially when hit the March, April, April hit, and then COVID hit Canada. And, uh, after 17 years being an engineer, I was laid off from work for the first mm-hmm. time in my life. And uh, wow, that was like super uncomfortable, it really got to the point that I was like, what am I going to do right now? Right. I had six properties. I had a family, two kids, um, and I had to find a way to to face those storms. Right. And really reminded me like um, that inner uh, the inner thing of us uh, facing storms. And I'm not sure if you ever heard the story between the bison, the difference between the bison and the cow how bisons and cows face storms. So basically okay. it's a, a very old story in the States, um, in Colorado um, because of the plains in Colorado, they can have like yeah. a bison and the, the cows in the same area. And uh, when they, when cows see the storm coming from the West, um, the cows actually start running towards the East. They get scared and they start mm-hmm. running towards the East. Turns out the cows don't walk very fast, right? Like so they actually it turns out that the storms pick them up and they are walking with the storm. Right. Increasing the amount of pain, increasing the amount of like um that increasing the amount of um, um all the um the problems that they have, right? So yeah. they are staying more within the problem that they need. Turns out that the, the bisons, they do completely different. They actually, when they see the storm coming, they look at the storm and they go run towards it, mm-hmm. which reduces the amount of like pain, reduces the amount of time in the problem. Yeah. Right. So, what I started thinking at that time is like, don't run, don't avoid it, don't hope it goes away. Take it head on. Right. So, I took it head on and I said, I'm going to jump right into real estate. And I'm going to forget about the problems. I'm going to basically face them, and just mm-hmm. go towards it. And that's when um, the knowledge that I got in real estate really, like, I start applying them. And I start wholesaling. I open a wholesale company, and then um, start learning more about the power of buying properties in a high amount of equity. And um, and I start flipping them. So instead of wholesaling those properties, I start flipping them. So really got a lot of um, connections on that.
0: Okay. Where are you doing this all out of? Like, where's your location?
1: Um, so I was doing it at that time, like, uh, around St. Thomas area. Um, okay. So I was all over. So I was mostly in St. Thomas, but uh, I used to live in Stratford, Ontario. So I had a few properties in Stratford, a few properties in St. Thomas. So I was I was flipping uh, what was more interesting for me in that region.
0: Okay. Is that your focus now still, St. Thomas?
1: Right now, I moved to BC. That was my dream. So after doing mm-hmm. all this and uh, really getting my business to where I wanted to be, um, my dream um, to be was in BC. And that's when I started uh, moving my business towards the tech tech industry.
0: How do you mean moving your business towards the tech industry?
1: Um, so basically... My my engineering mind always kept thinking about how to provide more value or how to create more value by doing um, things that are um, can be used by more people, right? So, flipping homes was a means to an end for me at that time. So, flipping homes generated enough cash flow and profits that I could actually build something that could help more people to succeed or to have more access. So... My, um, my, my whole life engineering was, was always trying to find ways to streamline processes and doing different things, right? Like uh, creating new things. And that's when I start thinking like traditional real estate is really inefficient, in my opinion. It's really inefficient. Um, the processes we have right now are really, really like outdated, in my opinion. And uh, that's when I start thinking in a way that we could actually streamline more of the process and creating more value, more access to everyone instead of only a, a selected amount of people. And uh, that's when I start doing more uh, moving to tech businesses, trying to figure out how to create that value and uh, really move towards that, that area.
0: So you're creating real estate solutions
1: for tech? Yes. For exactly. tech businesses? For um, creating a tech businesses that serves the real estate community.
0: Oh, you're creating a tech business that, that serves the exactly. real estate. Exactly. What kind of product will you be offering?
1: So I'm creating a two-sided marketplace dedicated to real estate. So uh, managed, it's a managed two-sided marketplace for real estate. So what it does is basically we create uh, an area or a platform that buyer, i buyers and sellers can connect between each other and create value after that, towards that. So today... Any two-sided marketplace that's existing in Canada, they're non-managed. So like I would say the Kijiji, the Facebook marketplace, and et cetera, those two-sided where you connect buyer and seller, which are not safe like because they're not managed, right? So anyone can go there and put their properties or sell their properties, buy their properties, um, which creates a lot of unsafety, like basically scams and all that that we hear. Like all the time, I heard horrible stories of people like getting scammed multiple times in rentals um, by paying for the rental uh, deposits and losing Putting the deposit. Completely,
0: yeah. Yeah. Completely. Those people get arrested though. I actually know, I know a guy it was it happened in his apartment and the guy who did it got arrested
1: a hundred percent.
0: And it happens very often,
1: right? More yeah. often than we want to happen. And so knowing that um, real estate for Canadians, like I was reading this, 76% of Canadians, they have uh, most of their wealth, sitting on their properties okay yeah i would agree so um or even more i would say 76 percent minimum and uh when i think about that is basically when you have no other options other than what is traditional real estate which is realtor which i don't think is a bad option but it's at least people want to have another option too to sell their properties on outside of mls and the only option they have is going to a Kijiji, a Facebook Marketplace, not to have to pay the commissions. Okay, yeah. Now and not having
0: the, the safety? Yeah, so I mean, but on a on a on a purchase, it's harder to do that scam. I get how people could do that with rentals because you know when somebody's looking to rent a property, like they just ask, absolutely, you know, where do I send the e transfer? And they they actually never actually verify the lease that they signed, the name on on the. Uh, the owner is actually who owns the property. And most people don't have the ability to even confirm that. But how Absolutely. does that happen? You know, how, how much of an issue is that for homeowners or people trying to buy and sell off market? Like, Wouldn't you say most people who try and buy on those avenues are kind of savvy to begin with?
1: Uh, they can be savvy, but it all depends on speed, right? Um, is the speed that's what's turning uh, people uh, from succeeding more or getting their properties... Um, I know that the the market right now is really hot and, um, uh, properties are sellable much faster, but speed still a massive, mm-hmm. a massive
0: thing in real estate. Lo- success loves speed, right? So right. when you have- So your platform is going to improve speed? A hundred percent. And you're targeting do do? investors or are you targeting homeowners?
1: Both. So okay. what we do is basically, instead of like targeting, um, customer or clients or buyers or sellers with this, uh, with a shotgun by going with, uh, you know, like email lists or uh, Facebook's or Kijiji's you're, you're basically shotgunning everyone, right? Okay. When we can actually target customers that are looking for properties in these regions mm-hmm. that are looking for those, and we can actually uh, get their attention immediately with a text message or a notification on their phones. You're improving speed, which those people that are really looking for a property, they actually can find those properties much faster by having a system that actually enables them to be the first ones to see the property.
0: So are you suggesting that people who use your system as buyers can sign up that they get notified if a property of a certain type goes for sale in a certain area, like they'll get a text or something?
1: Yeah, they get the notification straight on their phone. So kind of like the
0: realtor system where you get on that drip when the new listings go. So you'd be basically doing the same thing, but for uh, stuff that's not on market.
1: With with realtor like, um, I think you need to enter a email list, right? Then you, you, you need a realtor to set email.
0: you up. Yeah. They exactly. gotta set you up and then they send you, they put you on a search, right? So this exactly. one you'd be able to do it yourself. Okay yourself. So we got one side of it down, but what about the other side? Like what, intent, what it would incentivize people to want to sell on that market, to sell on that platform versus you know, listing uh with com free type service like I don't know, Grapevine, Purple Bricks, I don't know what other ones there are. Yeah, it's speed, transparency, and cost, right?
1: So when you talk about commissions, right? Because all those companies, they still charge you commissions on the sale, right? Independent. Some of them are
0: flat fee, but yeah, there's something. It's still
1: still like uh, on the hundreds or the thousands, whatever it is, right? Um, With with new technology and um, the subscription-enabled applications is a subscription fee which is a low cost for people to basically go in and uh, uh, the, uh, be in a, sub, in a, in a platform that allows you to do all those things for a subscription fee.
0: Okay. So, subscription. so they pay the subscription fee and they they can post and do they people on the buyer side need to be able to, do you need to pay subscriptions too?
1: Absolutely. So like it's because it's a pro it's a solution that we provide verified supply, so verified supply and verified demand. Okay. So it's almost a membership to be in this platform where you have um, access to verified buyers or sellers. So
0: providing value for both sides. And how do you verify a buyer or seller?
1: So verified sellers, which KYC. So KYC, I'm not sure if you've ever heard about KYC. Know your KYC is, uh, Know your client, know mm-hmm. your customers. So banks use that. They provide IDs. So basically, when you go to the bank, they ask for your two pieces of ID. So we have proprietary solutions that we can verify those people. Not only that, but also with the application having like the recommendations and ratings. So each one can rate each other. And basically, you increase the amount of information that the other sellers or buyers will have when they make a decision.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So kind of maybe pulling on a little bit of what Airbnb does, verify who that actually is. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean it can definitely help a little bit, right? Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Like, have you have you done like a test of this yet? Have have you launched a, a version of it's this? It's
1: starting today, actually. Yeah, starting today. We're, oh, okay. Getting... Perfect time. <laughs> Perfect so
0: time. Can we get some real time results here? You got any uh, any sales closing? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I guess we won't know, we did,
1: right? Yeah, we won't know today. Like, but yeah. right now it's free for testing. Um, yeah. I really want the p- people to get into the app. And give me feedback. So I'm giving that opportunity for people to really use it, abuse it, um, Mm -hmm. make your suggestions and everything else for free. Okay. And uh, add value, right? And add value to my users and add value to the, the company too.
0: Very cool. Okay. So how long have you been out in BC?
1: I moved to BC four weeks ago.
0: Oh, okay, so it's fresh. Did you buy it? Are you living in a house you bought, or did you rent something? No,
1: I'm renting. I'm renting a house okay. in front of the beach. That was the dream of mine to be um, in this in this area here.
0: So very cool. And is the plan to buy real estate out there?
1: Yes, yes. in the future, so right now, I'm really focusing on really getting the the app and the business up and running and really moving to um, um, to to buying and holding real estate here. Yeah, really so, developing,
0: interesting. Yeah, so this is more of an entrepreneurship and real estate investing uh, episode. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because obviously your your issue out there is is the cash flow is so much harder, right? And I'm sure you've done some market research in the area. Maybe you have some some thoughts on that that you could share. Absolutely. So BC is an
1: interesting market because uh, most of the houses here that I've been looking at, most of them they have an option for a second dwelling. Okay. Like this is unbelievable. Like it's it's really common because BC, especially in the area that I am in, the Canadian Valley, is really like uh, touristy. So people come here for like from Alberta, um, a lot of people come this area for for traveling. Like there's beautiful beaches, beautiful mountains, so people come here. So most of the houses that I've been looking at, even in the millions, they have always a secondary um, way income generation so uh, i was looking this was out of my my zone right now but it was a house that is on a 16 acre lot and is a massive house log house they had two basement units at renting at 1500 dollars and they had inside their property uh along the the cherry trees and everything else that was generating income they had another house that they were renting for 2500 dollars a month so this is a $7 million house that generates income in every single level. Very cool. Through, through the cherry trees,
0: through housing and the basement. How do the cherry trees make money? Are they charging admission for people to come pick cherries? <laughs> <laughs> so there are companies here that are paying, actually, that's
1: um, un- uh, unreal here. The amount of fruits and amount of um, juices coming from those fruits, from those cherries. So that, that, those cherries alone, planting those cherries brings $200,000 in revenue for those people that are planting those, uh, for, uh, for selling those cherries a year.
0: Okay. Wow. So
1: that's what I've been seeing here in, in BC. How that's many acres
0: though? How many acres did they it have? It was like,
1: f- it was 15 acres of- uh, 15 acres made like, them 200
0: yeah. grand? 200 grand of like, like operating profit, operating profit. Did they have to do it themselves or they hired a company out? Like the company it's, it's, them. it's completely hired. <laughs> oh
1: my God. Completely hired. Well, so get, I, me what in, else? get me
0: into that business.
1: Absolutely. It's because I was thinking, even if they have to pay for the, for the collection of the cherry trees, um, I would believe that $30,000 coming from the income from one house mm-hmm. plus $30,000 coming from the income of the two basement units Mm-hmm. Sixty thousand dollars would pay those uh, those those people to work on the cherry trees, and then the two hundred thousand dollars in income for selling those cherries would come straight to your pocket.
0: Oh, okay. So so there would be some expenses. So that'd be more of a gross okay. profit. Gro- gross gross sales profit. would be would be there, and then uh, operating profit would be take off the operations. So still 100%. cool. I, Net I, operating I think- income, yeah. I think operator the equivalent to that here in Ontario is down in like the Brantford area near the Nutella plant. Like if you have a farm that yep. does hazelnuts, Absolutely. I think that you can make I don't know what per acre you can get, but you can just you can just lease out your farmland or you could farm your own hazelnuts. Absolutely. And and that's the thing.
1: Here is the the area, here is the warmest place in Canada, right? Like so the warmest environment right now actually is ten degrees. Like very nice. uh, it, it, pretty much in uh, in December, which town we didn't see any snow. It's uh, Okanagan Falls. It's very close to Penticton um, or Kelowna. I know
0: Kelowna. it's an hour from Kelowna. All right, yeah, is Kelowna it's north from Kelowna. of you? It's north of me. Yeah. Yeah, Kelowna is i really Going nice. south, there. it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So that, it's that it's, whole area is just so nice.
1: Absolutely, it's beautiful here. So um, it was a dream since I moved to Canada um, in 2013 was to live in this area. Okay. Uh, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew mm-hmm. I was going to do it one day.
0: Well, I mean, you came from a much warmer place, so <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> makes sense that you'd want to go to the place that'd be the warmest. And you're not far from pretty good skiing and No, actually the uh, Big White is probably one of the best ski resorts in
1: Canada, actually.
0: Yeah, how far is that? Like 2 hours?
1: It's an uh, it's an hour and a half away from here.
0: Yeah, that's that's, in Kelowna. that's pretty cool. Okay, so as far as your income strategy, is, is this company like something you're relying on to work or is this more of a passion project and your real estate is, is taking care of you at this point?
1: My real estate is taking very good care of me. Um, the profits that I made on flipping homes definitely set me up for financial freedom. Okay. Um, so right now, actually, all the development of my application, my, my, my other business was funded by the profits mm-hmm. of flipping homes. Yeah. And uh, right now, real estate is really taking care of my monthly, my monthly expenses right now, my cash flow. Um, okay. It's basically paying for all my bills. And um, the profits that I got from real estate is paying for all my investments.
0: Okay. So your real estate portfolio, what's that look like at a high level? Like what you've got here, I guess is all in Ontario at the moment, right?
1: It's all in Ontario. So I have a couple of, um, of single family homes. Yeah. And uh, and a multi-family home that uh, they're yeah. rented right now and they're generating great cash flow.
0: Okay, the multi. How big is the multi? Four fourplex. Okay, yeah. So you're in towns where it doesn't take a lot of units before the cash really stacks up. Especially Saint Thomas has traditionally been one of those towns. Wish I'd gotten in there a lot sooner.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, me yeah. too. We got we got in 2020 when. The prices were still like really low. I would say compared to anywhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're buying houses at one hundred eighty thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars. And um, when COVID hit, what we've seen was an increase, a substantial increase in price because the exodus of people from Toronto going to those areas. So most of the, all the houses we sold, I would say ninety percent of them were sold to Toronto people.
0: Very cool. So you're just right? flipping properties and selling them off. I was basically plus a couple of burrs. Yeah. And And did you have a corporation that you set up for, for flipping? Absolutely. Is that the same corporation that's doing the the wholesaling or a different one?
1: No. So we had a wholesale company, Cornwall Properties, and then uh, we had a construction company that uh, did all the work.
0: Okay. So you hired your own employees?
1: I hired my own employees and, um, and I was doing the work. That's, that's one of the things that really killed me. It was, I do, I was doing a lot of the work myself.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to start, though, and build a team. 100%. If you're in there doing your work yourself, and then you can kind of oversee your replacements. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: You can actually give more, more of mm-hmm. a direction to the people, right? When you know what you're doing.
0: Right. And they pick up on you and what you expect. Yeah, there's so many Absolutely. benefits to it, although it's, you know, it feels like at the time a really inefficient use of time. Absolutely. Uh, it's just one of those necessary things for some people. I, I found it helpful when I did it. Um, Absolutely. So you still have that construction company?
1: Uh, the construction company is not operating right now just because there is yeah. not, uh, I, I moved out. So that's, um, yeah. that was something that we didn't
0: want to operate again, uh, for now. You so. should have told me I could have hired your employees.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, funny enough, uh, my employees were like entrepreneurs themselves. And, oh, yeah. um, those guys, great guys, Jason and John, um, they actually, when, uh, when we start finishing the, the last units, um, of, uh, of the, all the, all the flips that we're doing, they ended up opening their own company.
0: Construction company? A construction company. Yeah. I feel like there's so, so many people who are, who are skilled in trades and, you know, have a good head on their shoulders. They just want to open their own company because they see Absolutely. how much money you can make there's a few that just have a fundamental reason they don't want to run their own company and they want to be employees. Those are great. Like if you can get those, but uh, in my experience, a lot of these guys, they want to be, they want to be uh, running their own show. So
1: absolutely uh, pros and cons, right? It's nice. It's
0: nice when they have their own thing, they can take care of all their own insurance and they just send you a bill and do the work. That's cool. Um, You just got to find a way to make that work. So what about the wholesaling business? Are you still doing that here? Is that still going on?
1: I did a lot of the wholesaling and and flipping my own properties um uh, I still like have uh people in Ontario that I really work with in terms of like g- uh, checking those properties and making mm-hmm. sure that they're good and if they're good for us to flip those guys are responsible yeah. for that and would be like the financial partner right now okay um so yeah we we're continue to do some work in Ontario
0: but you're not really actively trying to sell to other people you're just finding your own deals
1: um i'm basically finding the own deals if in case there's something mm-hmm. that is not interesting for me that is an interesting property uh, i still will mm-hmm. like contact some some of my um my my good friends and stuff like that but for now mm-hmm. the intent was basically buying holding them or basically yeah. buying them and flipping them
0: okay yeah, that's I mean, if you, if you still can, like, what, what's the cash flow look like in, uh, in St. Thomas? Like, what, what can you still get today? Like, what kind of deal would you look to if you were to buy, try and buy something today in St. Thomas?
1: So, for buy and hold or for flipping?
0: Well, I mean, I, you said you're trying to find a buy and hold. Like, what would your criteria be? What would you be looking for, price point approximately, and what you would have to do to it? I'm assuming it'd be a burr.
1: Yeah, so really, like looking at the the rental area, right? Depending on the quality and the location, you can get between like fifteen hundred dollars a month to seventeen to eighteen hundred dollars a month, depending on the property
0: in Saint Thomas for rental. Yeah, for what actually, like a do. two bedroom will get? I'll get fifteen hundred. Three a month.
1: bedrooms, three bedrooms, seventeen hundred plus utilities. So You've that we had, um, we had actually a duplex that uh, we just renovated. I decided to sell it. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a duplex in downtown St. Thomas, and um, it's two three bedroom units with uh laundry in each unit and all those things. And uh, basically, they that that someone purchased the property and they're selling they're renting for $1,700 a
0: unit. Wow, so in a two bedroom, you said can get 15,
1: three, three bedroom, yeah, two bedroom, like close 15, 30. It depends on the quality, of course, it's a fully renovated house, yeah.
0: And if you were buying in St. Thomas, would you be looking like, does it matter to you if it's legal or are you just looking for something that functionally could work? Like, are you looking to add units? Like I'm trying to get at what would you go out and look for?
1: So I'm always looking at adding value, right? So when we're talking about buying a property, of course, um, for you to make the most amount of money, you need to be able to buy something that needs to be added value. Because when you buy something that's already like all done, Typically, with the market that we have today, with buyers coming from Toronto, coming from everywhere else, especially on a, on an MLS point of view, mm-hmm. um, it is really hard to win um, yeah. a bid and, and buy for a good price that you're going to make money, right? So yeah. for an investor perspective, it is really hard on that side. Okay. When we're buying off market, that's a different scenario, but... Um, really looking at those numbers, right? Like breaking them down and making sure that any kind of uh, updates and uh, the cost to hold the money that Mm. will be positive cash flow at the end of the day on a rental, right? That's that's basically
0: the main. Would you still be cool to buy single families or do you only want multis at this point? So a single family home is fine. Do you need to be able to add a unit to it in order for it to make sense to you?
1: It it really depends, right, on the price point on on the purchase price and the comparables Mm -hmm. in terms of rentals. But I have a lot of uh, single families in Stratford, Ontario, Mm -hmm. where I bought for the the right price. I added a second dwelling on it, and they Mm -hmm. make great cash flow. Some of them I couldn't add a second dwelling, and they still make amazing cash flow. Um, I have a property that makes over $1,000 a month in cash flow.
0: In in Stratford? In
1: Stratford. Okay, so you have
0: Stratford and St. Thomas. Those are the two places. And St. Thomas, exactly. Which one do you like better for cash flow?
1: I love Stratford, honestly, because um, Stratford, because it's a touristy town and uh, really brings a lot of the uh, entrepreneurs. And uh, actually, one of my houses I'm renting to an entrepreneur has um, the Airbnbs in Stratford. And uh, great clients, great, great uh, tenants I have. Honestly, like all my properties yeah. in Stratford, I haven't seen them for five years sometimes. I haven't been in the property for five years.
0: How many do you have there?
1: I have five properties in Stratford.
0: Wow. Okay. And they're are all single like families. Sing- they're all single families and duplexes mixed? Yes, Yeah.
1: exactly. So two dwellings or single families. And they are like my best cash flows ever.
0: Do you do Airbnb Especially there?
1: Of- I don't Airbnb them. I don't I, I wish I did Airbnb, but at the same time, like the peace of mind I have today, not to have mm-hmm. a property a property manager going there all the time and uh yeah. having problems with tenants or fixing things. Honestly, like it's honestly a peace of mind every single day for me to own real estate.
0: Yeah, man. You're preaching to the choir here. It sounds like you've got a really like stable, solid portfolio with those two towns. Yeah, they, they offset do. each other well. I mean, of course, there's still good cash flow in St. Thomas too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. My best cash flow is still in St-
1: in Stratford, but St. Thomas mm-hmm. is not a bad area right now, especially yeah. because the companies that are there, Magna and all that. So if you can provide a good property that people can actually live and, and, um, um, and live a good life in a good region, yeah. Those good employees from Magna, from other companies, they'll come to you and rent from you and, and, and give you a peace of mind, too.
0: Yeah, that's key, right? Like good employers Absolutely. that, that uh, bring good people. Um, okay. So if you wanted to, say, go buy, like, would you buy or are you looking in either of these towns right now?
1: At this point, no. Uh, no okay. In Stratford, I am I am open to Stratford because my my guys are in Stratford right now, like people that I uh, I've been dealing with right now. So um, I am I'm actually I'm actually open to invest in Stratford still.
0: Okay. Stratford. And what would, what would you look too. for? Like, what type of property would you look for?
1: So it, it I I'm still focusing on flipping homes right now so right now what i'm looking for is any off-market deals that um i can add value or my okay. guys can add value and we can improve the um do improvements and sell them
0: so it could be income property could be single family home would be
1: anything could be yeah.
0: duplex triplexes now are they typically like older homes if it's stratford like are you getting into uh, like kind of like nice quaint homes or are they just a mix of everything
1: so the two last ones I've done in Stratford, one was from 1910. Another one is from 1970. Yeah. <laughs> so you have like a mix okay. of everything. Now, distressed homes in Stratford can be pretty, pretty bad too. Um, yes. Because it's a, it's a town that really holds people in. Like, I believe that most of those properties that I, uh, those two properties that I renovated and, and sold in August um I think the, the, the people that I bought it from, one was there for like 15 years. They were smoking Mm in the house for 15 years. And the other one was for 30 years with 10 cats inside the house. (laughs) So,
0: smelled really good. You can
1: imagine, you can imagine the smell of those houses, right? So like very distressed, but, um, really like, there's a lot to be added value on those properties, okay. but there is a mix of both ages would say, like I found properties from 1800s up to like 2000s in Stratford.
0: Okay. And various different ways to make those profitable.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Especially buying, buying low. Like right now in Stratford, there's nothing on the market for less than $2,000 uh, for rental, even duplexes. Yeah, Even duplexes. It's unbelievable the prices right now.
0: Okay. So there's just a huge, uh, if you can put units for rent, then you're, you're laughing. Now I imagine a city like that though, it's a lot harder to probably get intensification permits, you know, to add units and um, because they, they care so much about their character, their city, keeping it tourist attractive. So they're going to be a little bit more stringent. Would would that be a fair assessment?
1: Absolutely. So especially with the bigger homes, they typically are older, right? So when you look at those bigger houses, they're like mm-hmm. from the eighteen, nineteen hundreds. And Stratford has a massive uh, conservation uh, authority in, in there, like in terms like of heritage, life, heritage areas, yeah. heritage conservation. So if you walk around Stratford, you see those houses with the plaques in front yep. of my house, actually my primary residence. So they used to live, there was a plaque in front of it saying like, that's a heritage yeah. conservancy. You cannot change anything in the house. Even the windows. I had to replace the windows. I had to replace something that really looks the same, like with the, yeah. all the wood yeah. and all that. And uh, so it becomes harder, especially mm-hmm. because they want to keep that, uh, the look of the city the same and mm-hmm. adding units definitely it's, it's a big, uh, it's a big endeavor to go
0: through the city and make those changes. So is that typically not your, your attempt there to do the adding units or you would, as long as it wasn't a heritage home? Absolutely.
1: So I have one property that's from 1970. That's like beside a a golf course that had a double driveway is a Mm -hmm. perfect house for two dwellings. And I did a two dwellings on Mm -hmm. that. So anytime that is possibility to do, why not, right? Like increasing value, uh increasing the uh, the cash yeah. flow.
0: And you didn't have to deal with heritage there. So there was no I didn't
1: have to do any heritage yeah. or anything like that.
0: Yeah, pick your battles.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it's it's more complicated in Stratford, but or any town, right? Like in, in St. Thomas, we did a duplex conversion. Uh it was a duplex, but it was not legal. So we had to do it, and the city was on top of us every single day.
0: Okay. I was going to ask you a question. It's escaping my mind a little bit. Um, oh yes, you had uh, you had some numbers you sent me. We were going to run yes. through a deal. So where is this deal? And let's—I uh, don't know if you got those numbers up. Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, what do. what project was this? This was in Saint Thomas. Um, yeah. Was this a flip or a burr?
1: It was a flip. It a flip? was a flip. Okay. Let me open that again. Sure. But um, it was uh, it was one of the one flip that I've done to. Like beginning of last year, mm-hmm. um, we did with, with two partners and uh, we got those de- that deal off market from one of my partners. And uh, at the beginning, like our, our we, we're not concerned it was going to uh, give us enough, um, enough profit because we're like really focusing on the 100 plus, like the six figure profits, like every single deal.
0: So you don't want to do a flip unless you're going to make a hundred.
1: Um, not that we wouldn't do it is basically, we would put a lot more, um, more effort on the ones that are on, on the six figures, a lot more effort. Yeah, well, like no, basically hey, I don't those. blame
0: you. I don't blame 100%. you. I never- I've never been very motivated to do a flip that I didn't see like at least like 70 plus or whatever. Like you don't want to do it for a little because there's so much emotional energy invested in these, you know, focusing on it, making decisions on them. But of course, there's other people on the other side of that spectrum, like Sean Allen, who will do, you know, as long as he's guaranteed in his mind, a $20,000 profit, he's doing it, but he's doing 30. So there's no way that guy's making all the decisions, right? He's he's, uh, delegating a lot of that out.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. He is. He has a great team around him, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you want me to share the screen with the uh, the deal, or sure, man. Do you want to just stuck? Yeah, about yeah. Well, well,
0: we'll we'll talk through some of the numbers. Yeah. we can try the screen share, and and uh, yeah, let's talk through the basic numbers. Okay. Yeah.
1: So we bought this property for three hundred twenty thousand dollars, and
0: okay. um, at that time,
1: beginning of it was beginning of twenty twenty. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Sorry. Um the market was not so stable. Like it was like we were, we sold a few properties for the four hundreds. So mm-hmm. our estimation was like we buy this property for three twenty, sell for four twenty, somewhere around that. And it was a simple flip. It was nothing, it was very cosmetic. We had to put one one all out, wall down, update the kitchen, um, finish the basement, things like that. So nothing cost? like it's it's probably like Thirty dollars to $40,000 to do the renovation. Okay. Okay. Somewhere on that. So that was the estimation that we had. And uh, so the plan was do those things. And then, um, uh, yeah, the, the estimated the estimated uh, total at the beginning, after, after all the renovations and everything else, the estimated was $50,000 profit.
0: So okay. you thought it was going to be worth, uh, what, 410?
1: Yeah, somewhere around 410, uh, for like selling price 450. So after the realtor fees, the lawyer fees. So we're very, we're very detailed Mm -hmm. when we do our calculations, when we do our estimations at the very beginning. So Mm -hmm. we go like. How much is going to cost the holding costs, hydro, insurance, gas, mm-hmm. property taxes? Um, you know, who's going to res- responsible for the renovations? How right. many days on the market okay. on uh, that we're having the property until we sell it? And all those things, right? Interest yeah. costs. So after all those interest costs, they, they, uh, the estimated profit was $51,000 for okay. a $450,000 sale. So we started doing the project. Um the the whole project at the end of the day was 87 days. So we're really strict in terms of like maintaining those 90 days okay. barriers. So selling date estimated was 415. We beat that. We actually did it um closing date at 415, started in January. Um we ran okay. all the numbers and uh we did we did the project at the end of the day. Um when we sold in, in May, um in Mar- in April, sorry, the market made a massive shift. And uh we ended up selling the property for almost six hundred thousand dollars.
0: Oh wow. So you were like <laughs> so say you were like five sixty net on that. That's uh... yeah,
1: we, we had a a profit of almost two hundred thousand dollars on that property.
0: Well, you can't complain oh. about that. Yeah, that'd be two hundred two hundred grand mm-hmm. if you were five sixty net after realtor commission. So absolutely. Those Absolutely. are those nice ones that you can't always bank on. So that's uh, that's no, great. So what but we yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, we 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 were not lucky, of course, the market shifted on the right time yeah. and all that. So like we we could make those profits, but it really depends, right, on the market. It de- really depends on how many days you are in, the quality of the work and everything else.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh what was I gonna ask you? Oh yeah. So what's your partnership structure typically look like?
1: Um, I typically have a business partner, so another another at that time, <clears throat> I was very active. So I, I did some of the the money, the funding. I was looking mm-hmm. for funding and all that. I was responsible for getting the funding. Um, the down payment, and then a little bit of the active side. So I needed another active partner. okay. And, um, and a money partner. So depending on the project, depending on how we structure it, I did a lot of deals where the wholesaler became partners with us. Okay. So we joined with them. You get the deal. We did the work and we split the profit.
0: Very interesting. Okay. So, does the wholesaler fund it in that case or you were funding yes. it? Wholesaler was bringing it.
1: He funded the whole
0: deal. So, he would bring it and fund it and you guys would do everything else and sell yeah. it and then divide the profit. See, I, I mean, I kind of like that. You know, everybody brings something to the table. Um, Absolutely. Taking a piece of a lot of deals can uh, can sometimes be all right. <laughs> you know, you don't necessarily Absolutely. have all of just one or two deals. You can take a piece of 100 deals and you're probably going to make more on the piece of 100 deals. Absolutely. And that's where we try
1: to find like creative ways to continue doing the business, right? Because we wanted mm-hmm. to do a lot of houses. We wanted to do one, one a month. hmm Went up like I ended up at the end of my season. I ended up flipping 16 properties, yeah. uh, but I had to really use the creative ways, right? Yeah. Partnering with great people that are going to do the work, they're going to be com- yeah. uh, committed to it. Right. And also to find the properties, right, yeah. is another thing, right? We can find as many properties as we can. Um, but if we join people that are already Mm-hmm. stay establishing the business they're already finding properties they're mm-hmm. already finding great properties why don't we agree on a, a, a mutual benefit right
0: yeah I, I man, i love that i think that makes a ton of sense and sometimes it's just like it's a boost right like all of a sudden your business 100%. just gets knocked into the next level and then more good things follow so um, absolutely I, that whole thing about an object in motion right Absolutely. You have to get the inertia and just keep moving, right? Like, don't yeah. stop. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That makes makes a ton of sense. Uh, so Chris, anything you were hoping to cover that we haven't already spoke about? No, I think that, uh, you know,
1: like, uh, that's basically my life in real estate um, since yeah. moving to Canada, um, flipping homes, burying homes, and uh, right now trying to help more people. Uh, getting getting in front of this right like and and changing a little bit the disrupting a little bit of system yeah. um, that's my goal um and uh trying to bring more value to okay. everyone that's involved with me like involved in my life
0: very cool um well you've you've accomplished a lot and it certainly seems like you're doing Thank quite you. well for yourself it's uh, it's awesome Thank to you. hear that you've kind of created that financial freedom in your life and you get laid off and you make the best of it. So
1: absolutely. Yeah. Those heard a few stories right right? That.
0: Oh, You're not the first story I've heard like that. Somebody who's really turned it on since, uh, since all this stuff happened. So um, if people absolutely. wanted to reach you, where should, where should we send them?
1: So I'm on LinkedIn. as Christoph Herlin. Um, mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook uh, as Chris Herlin. And uh, on um, Instagram as uh, R-E-I Herlin underscore rei with domily yeah. i can send you the links if yes, you want to put that in the screen
0: and and a photo if you haven't already just like a headshot Absolutely. and um, yeah we'll we'll get all that stuff put together any words of wisdom you want to leave with the audience before we wrap up i think guys like as i
1: said at the beginning don't run away from your storms like financial um whatever it is your storm that you're going through right now mm-hmm. face them head on head first don't don't waste don't 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 run away from those storms because the faster you go across this mm-hmm. storm the faster you're going to see that sunshine and uh moving in the direction that you want to go in your life
0: yeah that's great great man i really appreciate that and i would actually add to that like Yeah, storm that can that can encompass a lot of things. Like it's like anything we ignore. A lot of people ignore those things that are a pain point, right? Whether if if it's a financial issue, I know speaking from experience where things were tight and I wouldn't want to look at it. Never makes things better. It's always better to just look at it, face it, figure out objectively what you can and can't do. And then, you know, what I realize is it's usually not as bad as you think when you finally face it. It's not as bad as you think. There are ways around, there's there's solutions. So Cool, man. really appreciate that.
1: Yeah. And when you find solutions to stuff, right? You take ownership. It's basically taking massive ownership to your life.
0: Yeah, because I I guess that ownership implies responsibility, right? You have the ability to respond.
1: Absolutely. You take control of your life.
0: Perfect. Okay, Chris, thanks a lot for this Uh, great episode and uh, looking forward to sharing it. And I'm glad we had a chance to meet.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Have a great day. Talk soon. Talk soon.
0: Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one.